it's easy to look at somebody else's experience and be like, they should feel no guilt. Like it's okay. What they did is, you know, it was their choice. It's okay. You know, Mm -hmm. they did the right thing for them. But when it happens to you, like when it happened to myself, like the amount of guilt that I felt was like, it caught me completely off guard. friends and welcome back to another episode of pickles and vodka the mental health podcast where imperfect people have imperfect conversations i'm christina your host and today's episode is part two of my friend mary's story last week i started interviewing her about her abortion but also the stuff in her life that led up to that moment and we had stopped right after she got the actual procedure. So today's episode is her talking about her thoughts and feelings after the abortion, um, the reactions she got, um, just a lot of a lot of really intense things. So if abortion is something that is a sensitive topic for you, I would recommend maybe skipping this one. Uh, with that said, I am just blown away by Mary's vulnerability and honesty because it's really hard to talk about this stuff. It's really hard. And um, she says in the interview that she hasn't really talked to many people about it. And so I just have huge respect for her as well as all my guests, really. Every time you all open up to me, I'm just blown away. Um, by your strength, and it inspires me to keep doing this podcast. So before I get into the second part of our interview, um, I'll give you all a little update on me. Uh, Some weeks I have a lot that I want to talk about in the intro, and this is definitely not one of those weeks. I mean, okay, a lot happened. Um, I am happy to say that I got a new job. It's super chill. And it, it's just, it just feels really good to be working again with people. Obviously, everyone in our office is vaccinated and we wear masks and stuff, but I was working remotely for my last job, which again, is kind of a privilege to work remotely. I know a lot of people, especially friends in the service industry who would kill to work remotely. So I feel kind of bad saying this, but my mental health was really struggling when I was just working from home, not seeing a single person all day. So it's great to be back at work. Uh, Another exciting thing that has happened this week is that I put a down payment on a car. I have not had a car since 2014, I want to say. I've had like seven motorcycles in my life and the one car, and I've never ever gone on a payment plan for anything because Um, I haven't really talked about this on the podcast, but money is a really sensitive topic for me because we never had a lot growing up and then my parents went bankrupt and I'm just really, really skeptical of getting into debt over anything. But uh, I'm I'm almost 30. Uh, I don't live in a big city anymore where I can use public transport. And so I just bit the bullet and got a car. It's a cute little Mazda 5. It's got like a ton of room in the back for thrift store furniture or whatever else I need to transport. So I'm super excited about that. It it feels kind of weird to be 
this happy right now. And let me explain. Since I started this podcast, the whole point of it was to talk about the things I felt like I couldn't talk about in real life. Like my depression, my eating disorder, my addiction, all that stuff. And obviously, I've connected with a lot of you all over this bad stuff. You know, we all just talk about our fucked up feelings together and there's solidarity. And yes, it's very important to talk about that stuff. But it's gotten to the point sometimes when I feel like if I talk about the good things, I'm not betraying you all. But um, I don't know, like rubbing it in your faces or something. It's kind of fucked up. And this is nothing that you all have made me feel. It's something, it's a feeling that I'm putting on myself. And so I tried recording this last night and I just couldn't do it. I was like, this is too hard. I, I'm, things are going too well. No one's going to want to listen to me now, <laughs> um, which is utter bullshit. Uh, but yeah, I, I've been doing pretty well lately. My new job doesn't have health insurance, which kind of sucks because I was really, really excited to get back into therapy, but I'll be exploring alternative options this week and hopefully we'll be able to give you all an update next week about that. I think mental health care is so, so, so important, obviously, but it's kind of viewed as like a luxury item in this country. Maybe I'm just reading it wrong, but I feel like if someone's going to therapy, that's like extra, you know what I mean? When it should just be something that everyone does easily, but unfortunately that's not the case. Um, so I'm just trying to get by, you know? Um, I did want to kind of mention this. Uh, I am in a relationship. Uh, it's going really well. I won't really say much more about it yet. It's kind of new. so. I, I was like, do I even talk about it on the podcast? But I think you all need to hear when things are going well for me. Um, I want to share. And yeah, it's it's just really, really fucking nice. Really nice. I, I've never really been in a relationship before where someone was this vocal about the things they liked about me. I mean... I don't know. My, my self-esteem is in the toilet all the time. Um, so when people compliment me, it just feels kind of weird. Like, what are you trying to do? You know, <laughs> what's your angle here? But it's 100% genuine. And I'm, I'm finally starting to let down the walls that I've built over the years. And um, just being honest from the get-go. Uh, I, I, again, I really want to do an episode on this in the future um, about dating with a mental health issue. But it's hard because you want to tell the person everything you want to give them, you know, fair warning, but also you don't want to overshare or dump all, everything out at once and scare them away. Um, and the people that I pick usually have mental problems of their own, let's be honest. So luckily, uh, most of the time they understand, but I'm proud of myself for not mincing words. Like the other night, we were watching a movie and he wanted to get a pizza and he asked if you know how that was cool with me and I, I was honest I said I don't really feel like I'm comfortable with that in this moment which is hard to do because I really don't want everyone around me to cater to my eating disorder it's 
just like when I go to when I went to parties in early sobriety, I didn't want people to feel like awkward that I wasn't drinking. It's the same with this. I don't want people to feel awkward eating stuff around me that I might consider scary. Um, but in the past, I feel like whenever I've had a relationship, I've kind of used it as an excuse to eat junk food or torture myself. And then after the person leaves, I'll just be really miserable. And so I, I was honest with him. I was like, um, I don't feel like I'm there yet, but by all means, like you go ahead. And it was just so nice to be honest. And I felt proud of myself for speaking up. Uh, so yeah, those are the three main things that are new with me this week. Job, car, relationship. It's kind of surreal for me to say all that, but yeah, I, I guess I don't really have anything else to say, except if you want to reach out to Mary with your thoughts on the episode, she doesn't share her social media, but I just want to repeat what I say at the end of this episode, which is send me a message if you want to get in touch with her and I will relay it to her. Once again, this episode is just, just brutally honest and beautifully vulnerable. And I'm just, I'm really excited for y'all to hear. Um, With that said, I hope you all have a great week and enjoy. All right, (laughs) so we're back with you to finish your story that you started last time. It's been honestly amazing talking to you, and I'm excited to hear the second part of your story. Oh gosh, I'm like so happy to be able to join this podcast with you. I feel pretty honored, to be honest. (laughs) You deserve it. You deserve a place in the spotlight. Well, not the spotlight. What's like a low-key version of a spotlight that's not so like harsh? Like a, a, a moonlight. A little feature. A little feature. There we go. A little, a little highlight. It's a little highlight. Yeah, that's right. A highlight <laughs> from like a shooting star. <laughs> oh, man. I'm in a silly mood today. I don't know why. Um, but let's bring the tone down a little bit because we are talking okay. about abortion here. And I don't know how, like, when, when I edit it, obviously, like, when I put it out there, I'm going to talk about how neither of us are coming like we don't want to say abortion is good or bad we're just saying our experiences and like this isn't a political platform for either of us with that said um you know there's things that we have used and so it'll be interesting to see like where the the landscape is in these conversations like a few weeks from now when i'm editing this yeah so sorry enough of for me no no that's that's certainly important to talk about because, you know, after my experience, I, I told, I think last time I did mention that, um, when I was in the lobby of Planned Parenthood, I looked out the window and I did see somebody that I knew, yes, that that's I, right. you know, wasn't necessarily friendly with, but you know, I, I had met his wife before and I met his kid and I see him almost every day at work when I was working. Um, I'm currently on disability, mm. uh, but I'm sure that contributed to my level of guilt that I felt seeing him, um, you know, he was, he's there protesting for like religious reasons. They're Mm -hmm. there every Friday because, um, they know that's the day the abortions are actually performed. Oh, um, yeah. So they, they found out, they know that's when they stand there. And, um, that's despicable. It it really is, you know, 
it was very upsetting. Yeah. So you said he was adding on to the guilt you already felt like what we I don't think we talked about that before. Like what guilt, if any, you were feeling at the time? I grew up Catholic, so that was instilled in me. But I definitely went through a lot of the uh, prejudices that the Catholic Church kind of instills in you. But it's easy to it's easy to look at somebody else's experience and be like, they should feel no guilt. Like it's okay. What they did is, you know, it was their choice. It's okay. You know, Mm -hmm. they did the right thing for them. But when it happens to you, like when it happened to myself, like the amount of guilt that I felt was like, it caught me completely off guard. It's one thing when it's someone else. And then when it's you, like you're saying, it's just, you can't prepare for something like that. I I certainly wasn't prepared because I thought I would just feel like, the, the same attitude I felt towards everybody else, even my best friend who I knew had an abortion. One of my really good uh, friends that was a coworker had an abortion. I support them completely, no judgment whatsoever. But when it came to me, it was just like, I took a life, you know, like, yeah. I, like I'm going to hell. Like, did I, all these other thoughts and feelings start coming up? It, yeah, it was did- a lot. Did you have anyone you could express those thoughts and feelings to? Yeah. You know, my boyfriend um, is also Catholic, so he grew up with those same kinds of things. But um, uh, once again, I don't really want to tell too much of his story, but he's dealt with um, family members who have been, you know, assaulted and raped. I don't know any, I don't know if anybody he knows or anybody in his family has had an abortion, but you know, he, he uh, could kind of understand the guilt that I felt and like the way that the Catholic church kind of puts that upon you, mm-hmm. you know, and it's hard to let go of. Well, I was going to ask, do they put any of the same sort of guilt on the, the men or like, do they even acknowledge the, the man who's in the picture? Like, I, I'm just curious. Not really. I want to say, um, I remember in CCD or catechism, whatever you want to call it, usually yes, it's Sunday that. school, uh, but I had mine on Mondays and Tuesdays in third grade. They passed around one of those little uh, circular birth control pills and they passed around uh, endangered species pamphlets. And they, they were like, you know, they, they, these people wouldn't like the, the liberals or the atheists, whatever they were trying to say you know, they care so much about saving all these animals lives. And yet they have women taking birth control and um, advocating like abortions and like, what about human lives? And so really, the blame really was, you know, more placed upon the girl, the woman, um, the person with the vagina, you know, and (laughs) it's like, you can't, it takes two to tango. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, uh, that's I'm just the audience can't see me. I'm just sitting here like nodding my head. I, I feel like I was doing that the whole time last time, too. And I feel like I was making a lot of noise. I just agree. I, I can relate a lot to what you say. Yeah. And it's I was asking my dad the other day, we were talking about sex education. And I was telling him, you know, the the stuff that we girls went through, the guilt and the shame that yeah. is kind of still affecting us to this day. Yeah. And he said, oh, didn't, you know, your mom tell you about that stuff? I was like, 
no but also <laughs> uh, shouldn't you be talking about that like yeah. you're both raising these kids and you know yeah. my brothers cannot recall ever having heard about sex education from him either oh, so gosh. it's just like yeah. it, it's I can relate is all that I'm trying to say yeah it's a very different growing up experience uh for boys and girls oh totally know. it's totally divided by gender and sex and I can imagine if you're feeling even a little bit of that guilt, you know, I mean, obviously it still affected me as an adult and it's affecting you as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can finish telling me all about the ways it was affecting you. Uh, (laughs) I interrupted. (laughs) No, no. um, I just, once again, like I really was caught off guard by the amount of guilt that I felt. um, And the, the type of guilt that I felt like I took like I never thought I would think this, you know, especially because I was a, I was a molecular biology um, major. So, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, I have like kind of a, a sign somewhat scientific way, lot like logical quote, air quote, logical way of like looking at things kind of. Uh, From a scientifically, you know, empirical so yeah. evidence. Or, yeah. So like- it's like, you know, when does it become alive? You know, it, it's a zygote. It's a, um, it's a little clump of cells, but all of a sudden, like it gets literally sucked out of me and it's a life. And I took a life and I got a life sucked out of me. And I did that. I made that choice to do that to this thing, to this person. When I would never think about that as like to anybody else, you know, I mean, like, like I said, nothing can prepare you for that moment when it's actually you in yeah. that room. And I think, well, what would you say? Okay, hold on. Let me formulate this question. So mm-hmm. you're obviously feeling a lot of guilt. There's also many, many people out there who would be happy to make you feel guilty about it as well. Oh, yeah. Because they think uh, there's this stereotype of p- women who get abortions as being cold or cruel or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But one thing that people don't talk about is like... It's a lot to go through an abortion, even if you are the most quote unquote liberal like person, a bra burning feminist, whatever, like even like you're not going to be without any feeling, you know, and Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe I shouldn't say everyone, I can't speak for everyone, but I I would imagine that everyone feels something. Yeah. Have you been the target of any of those prejudices, Uh, like people who are trying to make you feel shitty about it? Um, not directly, um, okay. but because I've never, I don't share this experience with, um, you know, any of my coworkers, mm-hmm. um, the only people that know about this are my boyfriend, my best friend, you know, what I share, um, on my really, really private social media peach, um, and now this podcast. Mm-hmm. So it, the only thing that I do kind of get shamed for is just not direct shame, just saying like, oh, how could those people do that? You know, like, I can't believe people, those kind of people would do that. And I'm just kind of standing there like, yeah. have, you, have you ever said anything? It usually happens at work. Um, and at work, I do try and maintain a really like, I don't want to get involved. You work uh, at a golf course, correct? Yeah. And it's more than just the, it's the, it's certainly both the guests and the other employees. So it's, 
I just kind of, and I, I feel guilty for this too, because I do feel like I should be standing up for people and speaking out about it. Um, but it's, it's, I don't think it's something that I'm mentally, emotionally capable of doing. I think, um, that's something I do try and remember. Of course, it should not be placed on you, the person who had the abortion, to share that yeah. with people. It's a very personal thing. It is a big event in your life, whether you choose, whether you wanted the pregnancy or not. Yeah. It's still a big thing to go through. And uh, yeah, you need to recover from that. Like any medical event is usually requires some mm-hmm. emotional healing too, with this, like, especially so. Yeah. And I'll be honest, like they do give you the ultrasound, like both uh, during the preliminary exam to determine where you are at in the pregnancy to determine what type of abortion that you get. And then they give you another ultrasound um, before you get the procedure the day of. And then they give you another ultrasound afterwards just to make sure the pregnancy is terminated. And I remember one of them, they were like, you know, do you do you want to see it? Do you want to? like, should I print out some of the pictures? And at first I was like, no, I don't want to see it. Like whatever. And then like literally like seconds after, um, it was done. I was just like, actually, can I, can I have a couple of them? Mm -hmm. And uh, I've never, I like my, I never admitted this even to my boyfriend. Like I still have, um, the ultrasound pictures in my purse that I carry. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, for people to say that, like, to get an abortion, it's such a cold decision. It's not, it's not, it's really not at all. You know, it still sticks with me. And I still, every time I go get my wallet, I like, I see the, the ultrasound pictures in there and I think about it, Mm. you know, not a day goes by where I don't think about it. Do you see it as a a loss? I mean, it's certainly a traumatic event for you. That definitely, but, um, Mm -hmm. I'm just thinking of the, what people normally think of the grieving process. Uh, they don't really think it'll apply here, but I think totally. It. Definitely. Um, it might not for everybody, you know, because right. maybe if people didn't grow up Catholic or if they just, for whatever reason, they they don't view it as a loss, but I definitely did. Um, you know, I I never wanted kids. I'd always grew up thinking like, oh, people have kids, like, how could you deal with that? Like, I'll just have a dog, you know, whatever. And until I got with my boyfriend, um, I I guess I should say like, when I did start a relationship with my boyfriend, like I did want, started to want kids, you know, I did kind of start wanting those or getting those feelings. And, you know, you know, everybody likes to say, oh, it's biological clock or whatever, but for whatever reason, like I did start wanting that, but the place and time situation we're in, it's just not feasible right now. Also, so you're allowed to change your mind. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I've been on hormonal birth control my pretty much all my adult and late teenage life. And when my boyfriend and I began our relationship, like we we're just kind of like, fuck it, like whatever, like, <laughs> like we, we honestly, we didn't use protection. I wasn't on hormonal, hormonal birth control. We weren't using condoms. We weren't being, if you want to say it this way, smart about it. Um, mm-hmm. But I didn't get pregnant for two years. Again, it's your body. You should be allowed to not get yeah. pregnant or get pregnant. And you're allowed yeah. to change your mind about that. Yeah. 
so it was kind of like, you know, I never knew if I could get pregnant in the, in the first place, I'd never gotten a fertility test. Like, why would I want to get that? So yeah, like getting pregnant, it, it kind of felt like on one hand it was like, Oh shit, cool. I can get pregnant. And like, and on the other hand, like, you know, what if it was a fluke, you know, mm. what if it was a miracle? And now that I do want kids, I'm never able to be half kid, able yeah. to have another kid. That's a valid fear. So I think that definitely contributed to like what you were saying about like viewing it as a loss, mm-hmm. you know, and why I do kind of view it as a loss, you know, what, there's so many what ifs that you could get into. And those are, those yeah. are just some of them that go through my mind and contribute to a lot of the guilt that I do feel. Half of this episode, I want to talk about, you know, what you wish people who haven't had abortions would know about it. But I also want mm-hmm. to hear more about you and like what you went through, what your experiences are and what you might have told your younger self. I mean, not that much younger, you know, it's, it's fairly <laughs> recent that this happened, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, literally the day before my birthday is when I got the procedure. Oh, happy um, birthday in June, to you. Mid-June. <laughs> you know, I was like, and then uh, my birthday is always near Father's Day. So it was like, dude, that's such a sick joke. <laughs> that's a sick joke <laughs> like, from the universe. Literally, like, happy birthday, motherfucker. Abortion. Next day, birthday. Next day was Father's Day. And so I always made a joke to my boyfriend, like, hey, happy Father's Day. (laughs) Oh my God, you show him the picture. (laughs) Hey, you know what day it is? It's Father's Day, motherfucker. Oh my God, that's so sick. I love it. What a, like, odd coincidence. Does it help you to joke about it? Like... How have you been coping since then, I guess? What has been helpful? Um, Jokes definitely help. You know, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to like dark humor, you know, certainly like the demographic that listens to this podcast can relate to that kind of like dark humor and like using humor as a coping mechanism. And it definitely, definitely helped get me through this. Again, we are, this is your experience alone. You're not saying anyone else should use humor to cope. It's just, this is your experience. Definitely. What helped you? Um, it got me through it just to kind of bring a little like lightness, just some kind of like joy when I was really like going through what I said before, like those really deep feelings of like loss and guilt and like I'm going to hell. Yeah. Has has that feeling of you're going to hell lessened over time or no? Definitely. Yeah, definitely. I think it's been uh, uh, three months now. Um, who the fuck? Um, somebody just knocked on the door. I'll um, be here in case it's um, murder. Sorry, give me one second. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna be honest. That was um, my weed delivery. That wasn't supposed <gasps> to get here till like much, much later. So. Oh, nice. <laughs> but I have sweet now. <laughs> you're, you're being rewarded for uh, for speaking up about your tra- trauma. It's funny. Do you know what Delta Eight is? No, I don't. No, oh, it's like a synthetic THC. Okay, you can buy it in weed shops, and it does get you high, like weed does. Um, and I just got one. It was forty dollars for just a disposable one the other day, and I took okay. I took maybe five hits, and then I promptly lost it. <laughs> <laughs> and so today, I just got laid off. Right, I shouldn't be spending money. But I was like, you know, I need something, you know. Exactly. And so I you went de- and bought another one. You deserve it. You deserve it. But yeah. So I, you deserve it. You do. Thank you. Thank you. I really want to do, I've been meaning to do a drug episode for the longest time. There's a few other 
um, users of Peach out there that, uh, you know, mm-hmm. who you are. I really would love to get to talk on the podcast. Uh, yeah, but that, yeah, that's a whole other thing, girl. Um, back to your trauma. Oh, sorry for the interruption. Shit. Oh, no, that was a tight, that was a pretty good interruption. You know, the listeners need to know that, like, we're normal. We're, we're not superheroes. We sit here. And I'm we... coping, okay? Yeah, literally, we're just talking about coping, and then your weed delivery came. So, um, that's a great segue into the next question. Have yes. you found your uh, substance abuse or other disorders to change since you got the abortion? Um... Because in the last episode, you said you you were a heavy substance user. Yeah. Um, And at the time you got pregnant, I forget, were you using? Yeah, because I I didn't know I was pregnant. I had no idea. So I was drinking, um, you know, I I smoked cigarettes. Trying to decide who's going to listen to this podcast. Um, There's other drugs that I use as well um, that uh, some prescribed, some not prescribed. and that definitely factored into, you know, even if I did want to keep this baby, it's like, you know, is it going to be healthy? Like fetal alcohol syndrome is a real thing. Like totally. cigarette smoke affecting a fetus is a real thing, mm-hmm. you know? So that, that definitely kind of helped not only help me make the decision, but um, calmed my nerves and guilt about it. You know, that, I think that, is definitely a responsible choice yeah not that it's your body you should make any choice but with but you know what i mean like that's a valid concern Mm -hmm. i i don't really think my any sort of substance use has changed that much like i'm prescribed clonopin so i think i used a little bit more of that than i usually would um immediately after i had the abortion but other than that it's kind of like i don't i don't think it's change significantly you know when i do drink it's when i do use whatever it's i wouldn't say any more or less than it was beforehand i'd be curious just to hear how the the healing has been like physically Mm -hmm. and emotionally well physically it's been super weird um you know when i had my periods like my whole life i really never got bad cramps and i never really understood you know, friends of mine that had cramps so bad that like, you know, they had to rush to the bathroom because it made them throw up or like people that suffer from endometriosis, you know, it's like, Mm -hmm. I, I never could understand that. Um, I never understood the pain that people that went, that people that suffer from endometriosis go through. But when you get the surgical abortion that I did, you know, they dilate your cervix with um, a hormone or something, um, some sort of pill. But when I went to get the actual procedure, it hadn't dilated enough. So they had to like manually dilate it. And oh. it was like, I, it was the worst cramps. It was the worst feeling. I have uh, it like, like, I, I think I said it last time, you know, I, they gave you a little cocktail of fentanyl and um, some yeah. type of benzo and you're feeling great. You're feeling good. I was like, this is going to be no problem, whatever. And then they dilated me further and I was just like, holy fuck. Holy shit. This I fucking mean, sucks. It's essentially mimicking like labor, right? Yeah. Yeah. You and know. I, oh God. And now ever since then, like I, my cramps are so bad. My periods are super heavy and I thought it would go away. You know, I I guess it hasn't been too long, three months, but still 
But you don't know if it's normal or not because no one really talks about it. No one really talks about it at all. And it it just catches me off guard every time. Like, it's kind of like a once a month little reminder of, uh, look what you did, look what you did to your body, you know, oh. um, as irrational as that may be or as unhelpful as those thoughts may be. Like, it does, it does feel like a little, like fuck you from God or something. Yeah. No, I can relate, but I don't know if I represent the large population. (laughs) Yeah. Every time I would have my period, I would just be like, you're a sexual being. You're disgusting. Like it's a religious girl thing. (laughs) Yeah. Certainly. Certainly is. It certainly like even before beforehand, I always kind of felt like, this is my punishment for having a uterus and um, it, it kind of feels like a little extra of that. This is a tangent, but I'm super curious. Do you feel like part of your eating disorder is like to erase yourself as a sexual being? Like, is that a factor? Cause it is for me. Um, honestly. Yeah. Uh, or maybe you never thought there, about it like that before, but like, no, I, I definitely have thought about it. Cause it's like, and everybody's different with their eating course. disorder. You know, some people I see like, saying how like I I want to be skinny but I want to keep my boobs or my butt and I'm just like I want it all gone same I don't want a body I don't want a body I don't want people to perceive me I know I I hear a lot of people say that and I I absolutely feel the same way I don't want to be I think that kind of comes from too like sexual trauma or it can I think it did for me I don't want that kind of like attention I don't want those kind of like I don't want to feel like I have boobs I don't want to mm-hmm. feel that way you know well yeah because like look what it did you know you think it's your fault just because you have boobs that happened like, yeah you somehow made that happen yeah and that yeah. it's just so fucked up but so common definitely and it's like now I certainly feel that a little bit more now because you know I don't I don't want to look to use the outdated term I don't want to look womanly mm-hmm. especially now like after like having an abortion and being pregnant, like I, I feel like it's definitely added on to my boobs. My my tits are like saggier now. Well, okay, I'm do you bigger? Do you know what goes on in your body when you get pregnant? Somewhat, but not that much. Your hormones go crazy, basically. Like it's a big deal to be pregnant, and. It's not just going to like, you're not going to be able to snap your fingers and be like, all right, back to the way things were. I, yeah. And that's absolutely what I was hoping for. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> not exactly what I got. <laughs> I mean, I, I think the the biggest reason I wanted to do this episode is because it was like, I thought about interviewing like, you know, a doctor or someone who performs abortions or like, and I was like, I, I think it's really comforting for me to hear that I'm not the only one that doesn't really know a lot about this stuff. Like, I don't don't think people do talk about it. And I think more people like you need to be like, talk about the experiences, even the stuff like, you know, what it does to your tits. Cause like, no one, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. You never, I never knew. Cause I feel like a lot of people don't want to talk about not just abortion, but like pregnancy and labor also. Yeah. Um, it, it feels very taboo. You know, you read these stories of women that um, have children and they're just like, holy shit. Like, I didn't know this would happen. That would happen. Like all this shit happened. And it's like, you know, so many people just say, oh, it was so glowing. Like, I, 
like you have this baby and it's this beautiful moment and you feel such love, but like she gets kind of nasty too. Dude. <laughs> Nobody talks about that. No one does. I know a lot of my listeners have kids and I would love yeah. to do an episode about that, like the mental health experiences of like yeah. childbirth and all that crazy shit. But yeah, what would you, what, do you find there to be like a something that you would like to say to people who have might have generalizations about abortions? I, I guess one thing that kind of surprised me was I originally thought that I was only six or so weeks pregnant. Um, so I would be getting like the pill to terminate the pregnancy. Uh, but once they did the ultrasound, I was uh, 10 or 11 weeks pregnant. And I was upset that I was getting the surgical, that I couldn't do the pill. Mm. But when I did talk to other people, it was like, when you, when you take the pill, you, the, the process lasts longer. And it's like, you're, you're doing it at, you're going through this at home, you know, just like, and you can bleed a lot. You can bleed a lot. And like the re- releasing, I don't know what the right term is, but uh, you're like getting rid of giant clots. Mm-hmm. you know clots of cells because that's what it, it is you're, you're passing like, that would be the yeah. polite way to say it. it for sure and so even though I was like kind of upset that I wasn't I thought like the pill was going to be like the the easy way yeah I thought that too I guess in some ways it is because it's not as invasive but you're still going to get the those you know you still have to dilate your cervix with those pills you still have to pass those clots, which in the pamphlet said can be as large as lemons. Oh, and I was what? like, what the fuck? What the fuck, dude? <laughs> yes. uh, okay. Uh, one thing people need to know, abortions are not fucking fun. No, I don't think anyone wants like seeks out an abortion. Mm-hmm. Like, I, when I was a girl, I was taught that, you know, women who had abortions, they just don't care. It's like they walk right in there and come out with a smile and yeah. like they don't think about it again. Mm-hmm. Furthest thing from the truth. Yeah. It's something you deal with, like, physically, you know, those, like, really acute symptoms or whatever the word is. Um, those last days, you yeah. know, up to a week. No one's excited to get an abortion. I mean, I shouldn't say no one, but, like even when I talked to my psychiatrist about it and like, let her know like that I had gotten an abortion. I told her that it was the surgical. She was kind of like almost relieved for me. Mm. Um, Cause it's kind of like, everything's literally sucked out of you at once. Yeah. There's like residual bleeding, but it's, you know, you're not passing that for days at a time. Yeah. It's sucked out. The majority of it is gone, you know, in the clinic mm-hmm. and then, your body can kind of like recover for a few days, but you don't, you you don't have to deal with like as long. Yeah. Yeah. I I can imagine like you're probably cramping the whole time too. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So I guess that's the biggest thing. Like I wish I had known is like, don't necessarily, if you are further along, if you do have to get the surgical um, procedure, don't necessarily be too afraid of it or feel like it's the worst option or the, the worst of the two. Because mm-hmm. I, I kind of am relieved I didn't have to, you know, miss out work for a week. Um, not that I don't love missing work, but it was just kind of like this is, you know, the worry of like the suspicion, like what people are going to think. Oh, that's another thing we haven't even talked about is just like the judgments. I mean, we touched on it a little bit, but yeah, 
it's just so many it touches your life in a lot of ways it does and speaking of judgments like i i see that person at work still the person that i saw um protesting outside the clinic you know the first couple times i saw him i could like couldn't even look at him in the face let alone in the eyes as he was like getting his regular order of like jalapeno chips and something a, a white monster you know he always makes like a little joke here and there and i like couldn't even laugh i couldn't even like it you know it i felt so ashamed because like i like i felt like it was just written all over my face like he just knew and ugh, it's a it it's a hard time to be a woman right now um with i mean again this isn't a political podcast or anything i just that's one of the reasons i wanted to start talking about it was that Mm -hmm. i have so many friends in texas who just yeah they're scared Mm -hmm. and i mean even though you had you were able to do it like you still encounter all these barriers Mm mm-hmm you know, and even before um, big legislative deal in Texas happened, you know, you you hear about living as a woman or anybody that needs this kind of health care in the South, in more rural states. You know, Planned Parenthood clinics like this are what sometimes there's only one in the state. That's insane. You know, it's are yeah. sometimes you have to drive to a different state to because I've always gone to Planned Parenthood. Uh, for general healthcare too. Same. I love them. I've never, you know, it was always free with my health insurance mm-hmm. and like, yeah, they were always so professional and so nice and clean and just be- mm-hmm. tearing down all of the concepts that I had of them. Yeah. Even if you have insurance, you know, I, I did this as a college student. Um, I couldn't let my parents know that I was going to a Planned Parenthood. If you can't use your insurance or you could use insurance, but you you know, your parents, if you're on your parents' insurance, they, there is a way to get it like tax funded, you know, free for you, um, to get birth control, to get care, um, from totally. parenthood, which, you know, saved because I was always, you know, I used birth control since I was in high school and my parents were just like, what the fuck is this shit? Like, what are you doing? You're having sex. So I couldn't like use my insurance. So that, that really saved me and that helped me, um, a lot. Um, so it's so much more than just abortion and not that abortion, even if it was just abortion, that's still okay, but it's so much more than that. Yeah. It's a valuable resource. And I mean, I, I know, um, if you go to smile.amazon.com, you can like donate Mm -hmm. to uh, a, a charity of your choice every time you make a purchase through that domain. And so I'm, I think I'm donating to Planned Parenthood of like Central Texas or something like that. I didn't know that. That's that's awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, do you have any other resources that helped you out that you want to share or just things you want to um, say? Just in general, uh, uh, NURX spelled N-U-R-X dot com. Uh, they take insurance. Uh, you don't have to go to a doctor's office. You can get uh, many different forms of birth control on it. Um, you can get Plan B. I honestly uh, had some drunk sex the other night that was not protected and um, got overnighted Ella, um, the basically the other version of Plan B. I don't know if people know this. Plan B is um, you have to be in a certain weight range for it to be most effective. Uh, and Ella is for oh much wider weight range. Uh, yeah, and like I said, I got it overnighted you know, that's incredible, super, super helpful. 
that that's always been amazing. I used that for a very long time when I was still taking hormonal birth control. Um, I know this is not political, but I just wanted to say the six week cutoff in Texas. I didn't even fucking know I was pregnant at six weeks. Exactly. Oh, thank you. Just want to say that. that. I just want to put that out there. Like so many people don't even know you're pregnant at six weeks. Yeah. So uh, like what symptoms, if any, were you, did you have at six weeks, you know? Like, exactly. No, you know, maybe, I think I was more irritable, but like that happens a lot. Like, 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 bitch, a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really ridiculous. And I, I'm trying to, not that it should be the responsibility of the woman to, you know, educate and do things, but I am trying to be better about that because you never mm-hmm. know when you're going to need the information these days. Exactly. Especially if you were raised like us, like religious and you don't know this. Definitely. I I told you that that's why that's one reason. um, One of the big reasons I decided to reach out to you when you're um, mentioning this podcast, because I am scared shitless of talking about this. I don't know if you can tell, but I'm fucking scared and nervous and embarrassed and I feel ashamed still. Uh, But it's so important. And I wish I had heard somebody you know, talk about their experience. So I, it's the least I can do to, to be that person for somebody else. (laughs) I am so happy that you're here. I'm like, the the sun is setting here. So I'm literally just sitting in the dark crying. (laughs) (laughs) No, but dude, I, I'm so proud of you for sharing and I know how hard it was. I guarantee you a lot of people will hear this and find comfort or even just like information, you know? But also, I'm not a doctor, so any kind of medical shit that I said, don't uh, <laughs> take a grain of salt. <laughs> I, I really hope people don't listen to this expecting me to be like a doctor, because that I would I would be in a lot of legal trouble, <laughs> probably. Disclaimer: I am not a doctor. Yeah, I should have that on every episode. Oh, oh thank you so much, Mary. Did you say your name? Dude, if, I don't remember if you stood. I don't or not. remember either. Yeah. It, oh, um, thank you so much. Uh, I just have so much respect for you, and I always love talking to you dude thank you so much i appreciate you and i appreciate this podcast and um yeah i know um people if you they want to reach you um they can just dm me and i'll make sure you get it unless you want to put yeah. some sort of yeah you don't want to say any info on there do you yeah I, I, unfortunately i'm not comfortable enough to share like my more public uh social media anything so hopefully no, you're good. will be if you guys want to send Mary a note, uh, just saying how much you loved this episode, or even if you want to call me an asshole, that's cool. <laughs> I'm cool with that. Well, I don't know if I'll send forward you those, <laughs> but yeah, just send me a DM, email me, uh, and you can get in touch with Mary. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you, Christina. I really appreciate this. Yes. This is awesome. Have a good night. <laughs> you too. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode of Pickles and Vodka. If you could relate to anything we talked about, you can follow the podcast at Pickles and Vodka Podcast on Instagram, on Facebook by typing in Pickles and Vodka Podcast. You can also email me at Pickles and Vodka Podcast at gmail.com if you have any stories or if you just want to say hi. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you guys have a wonderful week. Stay safe.